Awesome. So welcome to the Everyday Heroes podcast. I'm Philip Brady, and I'm delighted to be joined by my guest, Rishab, today. So Rishab, say hello. Hi. Hi, Philip. Hi, everybody. And it's an honor to have you on it. I'm really glad that we got to connect a couple of weeks ago. And the one line on the podcast, Rishab, is just that I want to inspire people to think a little bit beyond where they currently are at. But I want to make sure to tell stories from people that you could be beside in the queue in a supermarket and not realize how inspiring or the kind of adventure that's inspiring that they're currently on. And so I want to try and talk to people like you and others that have been on the podcast already to walk through that journey and show that it's not always easy, but actually the development and the learning that you get because of that journey is really profound. So maybe just for anybody listening, tell us a little bit about you and what you're up to at the moment in your life. So currently, I work as a coach in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, originally from India, uh, grew up there uh, until I was 18, moved to the U.S. to study computer science, became a banker uh, because my dad said become a banker, like a good Indian son, I followed his advice, spent 10 years in banking, realized it wasn't for me, but I was lucky that I got to spend time in Zurich, in London, in New York, in Dubai. Uh, really, you know, I think it opened my horizons, opened my mind, made me meet some amazing people, um, and really got my groove in the corporate world. Always had this passion to, you know, um, to see what was beyond uh, beyond me, and had this always the spiritual side of me. So moved back to India, um, tried different things, um, became a coach, moved to Spain. Um, was coaching there for a while. Then, then life happened. Uh, kids, wife, everything exploded. Um, took a job back in, in India, in the Himalayas. Worked there for a couple of years. Um, really got into following my passion of spirituality. And um, and yeah, and then then about two years ago, my family and I we moved to Vancouver, uh, where I studied the, my, my master's in industrial and organizational psychology, and also work as a coach. Um, so it's been it's been a journey. In a nutshell. That's amazing. Yeah, not even a nutshell. That's a big nut, right? That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a big nut. You're right. Amazing. Yeah, coconut, right? Bigger than an almond or something like that. <laughs> and when you when you were starting out on this kind of adventure, so I guess the new adventure is moving from banking into this kind of coaching, spirituality type space. What like what was the call for you? So typically people on these kind of adventures get this call or a signal or some something that just triggers them to move towards this thing. What was that for you? You know, um, I tell you, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, so I remember this time when I was seven years old, I was seven years old. And um, I remember this very clearly in my mind, you know, and, and India, of course, you know, we have a lot of poverty in India and, um, I remember going for a family picnic and there was this, this really poor child next to our car begging. And I think if I look back at that moment, it's so clear in my mind, it, it's almost 40 years ago. And I think that's the first time I questioned, I said, you know, why is this person suffering? I have, I have enough for my, for my life. Um, why is this person not having anything? And I think from there, you know, I remember feeling really bad. I felt really sad. I came home. I remember crying as well. Um, and I think from there, my curiosity about life, about destiny, about different paths for all of us, 
became, you know, it started, I think, evolving from there. But of course, you know, I, um, I but I look back, I, I remember in my 20s when I was working as a banker in, in London, uh, in New York, I was back in India, and I always had this passion to, to, to do yoga, to do meditation. Um, I didn't know how to, and this was back in the early, mid-90s. Uh, but I, you know, I, I always had this curiosity and I, I didn't always, at that time, I didn't respond to that call. Um, so I hesitated because, and I look back and I ask myself, why did I hesitate? And I think it's because I, it'll be, we, India was a colony of the British and, you know, the school that I went to was, was, was a colonial school. And somehow we were removed from our, our, um, our culture, you know, and my dad was an orphan. So, you know, when he had no parents to guide him either, he went to a, a British boarding school in India, uh, but it was best for us to also go there. So we were kind of removed from the essence of India, which is spirituality. Uh, so that the call happened, but I couldn't respond to it. Uh, but, but it was always there. That fire was always there. And I, one of the questions I was going to ask is, was there hesitation to answer it? So it may not have been, sometimes it's not hesitation. Sometimes it's just a lack of awareness that that's what this is. So it came to you a couple of times, not just once then. Yeah, it came a couple of times, but I and I didn't respond to it because of fear mm. and the fear of being different, the fear of uh, standing out, um, the fear of being singled out by my friends, family. And I didn't have the courage to do that at that time. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, but it was, it was annoying at me because it was, it was calling me, but I didn't respond to it. Yeah. And how did you overcome that? Were there people? Was there a different, different frame or a different experience for you? Or what was it that helped you answer the call then? You know, Philip, that's a great question. And I look back on it. I, I think I was kicked. I was kicked to answer that call. <laughs> Uh, it was like someone came with a stick and and whacked me on the head uh, because actually and that whack was life circumstances, right? Uh, I went through some challenges in my life where I didn't have a choice that if I didn't, I mean, either it was sink uh, and if, I, if the only way to swim was to really move towards that whole essence of spirituality, um, of understanding who am I, wh why am I here, wh what is my 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 destiny, uh, what is my purpose? Um, and, and I think when I started focusing on that, I started finding joy. I started finding happiness uh, in the littlest of things. So I think for me, when I started seeing that, I started getting traction on that journey. And I think that slowly, slowly started opening up the, um, the, the doors to be myself and be who I am. So that was, uh, and it was, it was akin to coming out of the closet in a, in a, in the, as an analogy, right? Because I was afraid. I was afraid to, to show the world who I really was. Mm. And, and you said as well about being different from your friends. Um, yes. One of the stages of development that we go through, and you'll know this now because of this journey, is moving from what's called socialized where you take who you are from the crowd that you spend time with. So that could be work or friends or family. And you then yeah. author or authentically live into the story of who you are. 
separate from the group. And so there's yes. that isolation or loneliness or fear of survival. And that's one of the reasons that we stay stuck. So yes. aren't you lucky that you listened and answered and yet life circumstances, it's a pity that that had to happen for this to happen, but looking back, it's probably for the best for you, right? Oh yeah, totally. I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, I, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, and I, I know, and when you said that, I think I, I, I was I, a, a quote by Rumi, the the famous philosopher, came to mind. Mm. When you go on a path, um, and it doesn't exist, but it begins to appear. Uh, so, so it's funny that you mentioned about the friends. So, I mean, I still have my old friends, and they know that I'm, you know, I have this side of me, and they and they're cool with it. But I also have made some great new friends. Mm. who who are on a similar path. Um, I've always believed that we're all climbing the same mountain, but have different paths. Mm. And we have to figure out what our path is and, and live that path and, and find joy and happiness in that path. Mm. And this comes from the Bhagavad Gita. Um, you know, it's called the concept of Swadharm, which is finding your path and living that path. And it's better to find your path and live it instead of someone else's. Um, because this is where your destiny and your growth lies as an individual. Mm. So, so for me, um, yeah, you know, like I say, I look back and, and no regrets, no, um, no, no remorse, just gratitude, actually, just gratitude. Yeah. Rumi also has the quote, follow your heart. It knows the way. And I, I love yes. that. I yes. actually quoted Rumi Rishab in my wedding speech to Katie. Uh -huh. Um, Rumi is close to my heart. I have it on my list to go to the Kanye festival that celebrates Rumi at some point in my life. Oh, lovely. Maybe we can go together. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so, so when you ignored the call, hesitated, answered the call, that sounds wonderful, right? But it also then presents challenges and difficulties and it, it, it's always what plays out in this journey is that it's always asking you to retreat. So what were some of those challenges? And then what was it that kept you moving forward? Yes. Um, you know, I have to say, Philip, I think, you know, I've been a bit blessed. I've been a bit lucky um, in the sense that, you know, when I got the call and I got the courage to, to follow that call, to, to immerse myself into understanding spirituality, what it means. Um, I mean, I think one of the things is that I'm from India and India is, you know, I mean, what is India giving to the world? Not, not technology or IT services. It's given spirituality, right? That's India's contribution to the world. And India is, a, is a, you know, it is a spiritual supermarket. I mean, it's it, the things for all folks, there's something. Right? Um, and I think, being in India at that time when I got the call uh, drastically and being also in the Himalayas, in the foothills of the Himalayas, close to Rishikesh, which is the yoga capital of the world, to all these places of divine spiritual energy. I, when I, when I got the confidence to go on the path, I was, I was with my family and, and I have to thank my wife, who's, who's always supported me on this journey. In fact, we, we met in yoga class, so maybe that's a, that's a sign. If you, if you have the spiritual side, meet your partner in yoga class is a blessing. Um, 
Yeah, you know, I, so when I got into it, I think the universe, in a way, just allowed me to to find find places, find things, and and I was, I remember going to to spiritual destinations in the Himalayas, but I would go off somehow. I would go off the beaten path and find even more unique spaces. Uh, so this, is a, so you know, it was. I was like, wow, this is amazing, and I think. Having those experiences just um, give me the confidence to know that hey, this is what I'm doing is right. Um, it's it, this is where I'm I'm meant to be, and, and 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 what's interesting is when I when I went to these places, I would always come back a little less ignorant, but also more clueless, which is which is the paradox. So yeah. I I would feel that I know. That I I know more about the world and and life, but I also felt like that I knew nothing. So and it was this was a strange um, uh, pull, and it and it left me feeling, uh, I would say, you know, almost insecure. You know, it was yeah. a lot of insecurity as to you know who am I, can I even do this? Um, but as I kept going back in these journeys, and, and I started conducting spiritual journeys for other people from from Europe, and I would take groups up. To, to the Himalayas. Um, so on one of my journeys, when I came back, I had this, this um, calling. I was, I was it was a calling, actually. The second calling, if you want to call it, uh, was like, you know, what if we took values of, of spirituality, like kindness, compassion, um, humility, um, in, inclusion into the workspace? Um, and, and this kind of got me really curious. When I started thinking along these lines, I, of course, you know, I, I leveraged my corporate background with, you know, with, with banking. Uh, so I do like working in the corporate environment, but maybe from a distance and from a, as an independent consultant. So this curiosity of how we can make organizations thrive and, and inclusive and maybe a little bit spiritual in that sense that, you know, it's not only about money, but, but there's other things that are important. Um, got me to study industrial and organizational psychology and so really re-engineering human processes, uh, people processes and organizations that allow people to thrive. So um, so in a way now, if I look back now, I'm able to leverage my spiritual side and my my corporate side to to somehow work together in, in helping people be who they are. Amazing. So it feels whole rather than segmented or different, but that you get to bring all of you as well. Yes, I think as of late, uh, it started feeling more whole. I wouldn't say it's felt whole for a, for, for a long time, but I, but I would say very recently as a month, I've, or month or two, I've started feeling more, more complete. And I think and I look back, in fact, I was doing a session the other day. I kind of realized that I'm happiest when I'm coaching. It gives me, so I look back in my life, but 10 years ago when I was coaching full-time, uh, I look back now, I have that same level of joy in my life um, that I did back then. So I think coaching is a, is a key, um, key, key activity for me to, to really manifest my, 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 myself into, into life. And when you, so was it only luck along the way 
you said you were blessed and that you would go off the path and um so so when you said about the clueless like some the way i thought about it was some questions were answered and other answers were questioned right <laughs> which is probably what it feels like right which is probably perfect um how did you did you have people that showed you some of the way or were there people that showed up along those even if they were off the beaten paths that showed you some insights or wisdom that nudged you onwards or how did you support yourself when it's not always clear where you're going or why or what's ahead yeah um no, definitely there were people. There were, and again, I, I feel that you know when you when you surrender yourself to the to the universe or whatever you want to call it, God or whatever it is, right? Um, people come your way, and 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 messages come your way. You just have to listen, and 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 that's one of the fundamental things is having faith. I think having faith, hope, and faith is one of the most. Um, I would say it's the foundation of of being able to surrender, knowing that, hey, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be fine. And I look back and I, I remember this very clearly. I, I was up again in the Himalayas and I met this old man. Um, he was part of a monastery and he had left his home when he was like 10, 11 years old to join this monastery. And he was now maybe in his eighties. And I remember him sitting there and he was saying that, you know, yeah, and he, he didn't look happy. He didn't, he didn't look happy that he had left his life. There was a lot of resentment. And it kind of made me realize that, you know what, it's not about abandoning. Um, I mean, because one way is, of course, just abandon the world and just go live in a cave and, and find joy. But if you look back at, at some of the most rich traditions of, of spiritual realization, you know, Paramahansa Yogananda, his teacher, who was Lahari Masaya, uh, who was a disciple of the great Mahavtar Babaji, who's a, who's a well-known sage, saint, who lives in, who's, who they say is two and a half thousand years old, uh, lives, in a, in an, in, lives in in the mountains in the Himalayas. Um, you know, the hardest part of, of, of growth is that of a householder. It's called grehasti in in Hindi. It's it, it is the best way to grow spiritually, but it's also the hardest because you're you're working, you're you have to find time to do your meditation, your practice, looking after your kids, provide for your family. So so when I got so these are the messages that I got that saying hey you know this is so I mean did I open a book and just find it one day? No, it it happened over over time through conversations, through meeting people. Um, and that's when I realized, like, you know what? It's about that balance. It's about doing what you need to do, providing for your family, living your life, but not being attached. And I think that's the, the, the hard part, uh, which I, I try and do that every day, is to still work, have goals, work towards those goals, but not be um, so attached to them that, that they ruin your life, mm -hmm. right? Those yeah. concepts as well, though, Rishab, are so, so, so I'm still learning about surrender and acceptance. Um, how would you nudge people to think about it? It's tough. I tell you, it's tough. It's a muscle, right? It's a muscle of, uh, that you have to keep, keep 
surrendering and, and not having expectations and letting things happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still doing it every day. I still, you know, get get ruffled. <laughs> and I notice, but I so this is where I noticed, right? When I'm when I'm willing things to happen, when I'm hoping for things to happen, I, I start feeling anxious. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm not living in the present. So to be able to recalibrate, to so being aware of that awareness and then recalibrating back to, you know what, taking a breath, mm-hmm. accepting the situation, letting go or holding it lightly and being in the moment. I think mm-hmm. this is what helps me to, um, to, to be in that state of no expectation. It's hard. It's hard. You know, you, you want you want your kids to get into a good school. You want them to start doing things. You, you want so many things to happen. You want to get get that offer at that job. Um, but you just have to, you know, and, and it's a daily practice. It's a daily practice of just letting go. Mm-hmm. When you were saying as well about the household being the best spiritual teacher. I remember during COVID, there was a, there's a forest. It's about a kilometer from my house. And I walk there. I run there quite often. I was running there at lunchtime today. And I remember walking there one time and I'd listened to a lot of stuff about enlightenment and surrender and acceptance. And I realized at one point, I'm like, oh, I feel so enlightened right now. Right. And I'm like, oh, I've arrived. I've hit this point. But the insight that followed was you can be as enlightened as you want at the top of the hill. You must walk back into your household and the village and the community and the city and the corporation and the work and the people around you or else you're actually not enlightened. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and I think the best reminder of that is your spouse. Who, who will, <laughs> careful you know, katie's to, probably listening right <laughs> exactly you know and i'll tell you it's um and the universe i think you know tests you when you think you've 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 reached the hill you've you've conquered the the mountain it, you know there's always a test that comes out from it mm. so um yeah you know i i, I always remind myself I mean, you know, you see people who are on the spiritual path, they achieve a lot of success, but they also fall hard. Um, and this yeah. this is spiritual arrogance, right? So, mm-hmm. so you know, how do you stay humble? How do you stay rooted, grounded? Um, how do you, you know, keep on that, that, that journey without letting it go to your head and just keeping it in your heart? Right. Yeah. So, um, so that's, I mean, there's so many challenges. I mean, really uh, every day is different. Every day is a gift to, to grow. And, and I think the main thing is to, to understand. And I, and I know, I mean, I've spent so many years figuring this out in my head. What is my purpose? Why am I here? You know, uh, what business should I get into? What work should I get into? But it all comes down to the same thing. It's um, we are here to grow. We're here to evolve, and and from a from an from a Indian philosophy Hindu perspective, you know, we just take our our consciousness with us when we leave this life. So um, now, look, I don't know, I, I can't validate it, but you have to believe in something. So it, it it makes sense to me. So so that's what I try to do my practice, try and do good karma, help people, uh, because that's all I can take with me at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. 
And mm. can I push back on what you've said there a little bit, just out of personal curiosity? Yes, of course. So, so one of the things that I'm noticing and reading and learning about as well is, so I've stepped away from religion. It's caused some tension with my family and we've had some difficult conversations about it. So I, I don't, I would, so I'm again, I'm being really transparent. I don't think I have any faith, right? But I definitely have hope about a brighter future for everybody, right? But what I hear about is that because let's say people are giving up on or moving away from religion or spirituality, potentially you could say, that there's like a meaning crisis. So if they don't have, like you say, a, a version of a path ahead of them that they feel drawn towards, let's say, let's say Hindu or uh, Catholicism or Protestantism or um, Muslim or, or Judaism or any of those kind of things, any of those religions, the, the, the question, I guess, is where do we get our meaning from if it's not on the religious path? And I wonder, is that why you get lots of people who are experiencing more depression and anxiety and difficulty mentally because they don't know what their purpose is or what's the point if they were to die? What's after? So why are they living now does it have any meaning have you any kind of thoughts on this because i'm trying to yeah. offer people uh not necessarily that you have to go a path but just mm. that there's a way to soften the pressure of having to believe in something or uh not not having to go a path if it's not actually what it is that you want exactly make sense totally makes sense and and let me let me respond to you for this right um so that's why i say I, i'm blessed to be born in india and and as a in the hindu so first, first of all hinduism is not a religion mm. in essence it's a philosophy it's a philosophy of life mm. and that's what I, I love about it you know uh of course now it's become it has more religious undertones but in its true essence it is a philosophy every home every hindu worships a different god observes different religious fasts, whatever, everyone is different. And that's why I think it comes down to, if you look at you know, some of our scriptures in the Bhagavad Gita, for example, you have to figure out what is your path. Mm. No one can tell you what your path is. So expecting someone to tell you your path is actually, you're being lazy. <laughs> like, you know what? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, but, but the figuring out your path, that's the hard work. Um, then once you hit it, you 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 know you've you've hit it. You'll know in your body, in your mind, you'll feel congruency. In your heart, mind, body, soul will feel aligned. And then the next step, having the courage to to live that path, uh, whatever it may be, uh, is is what really determines who you become. And and that again, that call to adventure. Um, starts from there. It's like, hey, you know, I figured this out and this is calling me. Do I have the courage to go and do it? Now, I, I, I have two sons, right? Now, they, I mean, of course, I try and give them, you know, all these values of good karma, respect, respect people, love everybody. Now, but they're free to choose what they want to, what they want to do because every soul, so we have, you know, if you look between the concept of the soul, the soul incarnates 
has its own karma, has its own, I mean, we all look different, right? No one looks the same. Uh, even twins are not identical, identical, totally. There's some differences always. So everyone has their own purpose to, to be here. And so, it, so if you align that to religion, I think that's, there's a, that, 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 that doesn't align with me at least. You have to align it with something else. So developing, in essence, your own life philosophy. What makes sense to you? Uh, and then having the courage to live that. And that's, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm 47 today. It's taken me, what, 46 years to figure that out. Uh, and I'm still figuring it out. You know, 10 years from now, I could give you a very different answer. But it makes sense to me now. You know, uh, so I think, so answering your question, I think it's great to, to have a community uh, of people to support each other. So if someone is going through through depression, going through challenges, has no faith, um, you know, figuring out what does faith mean to you? What does hope mean to you? And when you when you go when you, when you travel by bus or by train, you hold the the handle in the in the bus, right? So that's that's hope, something to hold on to. That's faith. Um, what is that handle for you? And it could be different for different folks. Uh, but 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 having the taking the time the the effort to figure that out is is I think there's no um, shortcut to that. And I think once you start figuring it out, like I said, the world starts. The universe always gives you the tools to deal with that, you know, to figure it out. So, but if you don't make the effort, the universe is not going to give you anything. Yeah, and you have to stay open to it as well, right? So you said that yeah. people will come along. The kind of opportunities to learn will come along. You have to just stay open. And like I have um, uh, side guru, uh, yeah. yogi. So like I, I look at the, the Bhagavad Gita I've looked at. I have books on uh, Buddhism. Like I'm trying to just amalgamate in me, like you say, a kind of personal philosophy for life that I can live by and feel aligned with. And that's how yeah. I've made sense of it, not having to be a organized religion type of narrative or story, but one that I can live and embody congruently. And that's how I've kind of made peace with it at the moment. And um, yes. never defined forever. It's changing every day. Um, exactly. It has to change. It has to, yeah. you know, and because the, the universe is changing every day, right? Uh, yeah. You know, this stuff is, this black holes, swallowing up stuff, things being created. <laughs> so nothing, nothing is static. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Does that answer when your question? You get, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because again, like that's a macro thing. This is a macro challenge that is causing a really impactful, negatively impactful uh, responses in people. So it's easier to scroll on your phone and then consider what a good life would be. But then you don't want on your gravestone scrolled on my phone. But I yeah. don't think people are willing to go through the discomfort to go from one to the meaningful and the cost is great and i don't want lives to be wasted yeah like that like that's it i don't want lives to be wasted you know so i'm trying to figure yeah. out what is that story and journey that we can encourage people to consider make it easy so that they know there's a couple of steps along the path but that it doesn't have to be separate from you it can come from within and you can guide that and but you can definitely take some influence and some direction from outside too 
Exactly. And I'll tell you, and Philip, you know, it, I mean, it's, it's, there's, like I said, you know, I know where your intention is coming from, and it's like to make it easy, but, you know, it's not easy. No. Uh, you know, so, it's, so maybe let me say it a different way. The first step to make it easy towards it so that they can then uh, have the confidence to keep going when it gets difficult. Exactly. And I think, you know, what people like yourself and, and me, what we can do is help people is to show them the various parts that exist mm. and then give them a taste of, okay, this is what this looks like. This is what this looks like. This is what this looks like. And for a while, you have to follow a predetermined path. I, I I get that. You know, I think it helps. Like, you know, like Sadhguru has his 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 yoga school, right? You, you uh, Isha Yoga. Follow that for a couple of years. And you reached a point where you're like, okay, you know what? I'm good. Now I, I have the 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 engine the capacity to um to go on my own path and that's where we want people to get to um you know people talk about yoga appropriation of yoga in the west you know and but but i, I don't understand that concept because every ashram on the banks of the ganga has a different philosophy so you would and if you went and told them that you're appropriating yoga they think you're crazy they're like what are you saying <laughs> you know this it's it's how it's meant to be you know everyone has a different guru everyone has a different philosophy um and and that's and that's fine because we all have different reasons to be on this planet um we have different paths we have different karma that we've done in the past no one's karma is the same so you know it has to be different it cannot be the same so coming back to your initial question you know religion goes with the assumption that it's same for everybody spirituality goes no it's different for everyone and you got to figure out what what makes sense to you i think that's one of the fundamental differences you know yeah, uh, religion like you can be religious yeah. you know and religion can take you into spirituality for me if i look back religion took me into spirituality for a lot of people spirituality takes them into religion and for some people nothing takes them into spirituality so it's it's again different paths same mountain right yeah. That's what yeah. the, the yeah. analogy always comes back to that. I like the separation between the religion and spirituality and the difference. And can I push that a little bit again? And this isn't in the questions that I sent you through, right? But this is why these conversations are important to have, right? So yes. one of the concepts that I'm paying attention to is just how isolated and individual we've become. So we get rewarded and liked individually, we don't get likes collectively. So we see ourselves as this individual and whatever will get the likes or the most engagement on social media, we will move towards changing our behavior or who we are so that we get those likes, right? So at an individual level, we've become so isolated from communities because we build our sense of approval based on what people tell us, good or bad. When I hear you say about spirituality being about that individual, how does this facilitate a reconnection to people? Yeah. So so let's let's look at let's look at social media, right? So we put on stuff on something, we put on LinkedIn. And and we it's we put an effort into it, spend hours making it right, and we get one or two likes. Yeah. Right? You've seen my posts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen not your post. Everybody's posts are like that. Everybody. 
So, uh, so the thing is that at that point, you know, it, it's a very tough point because at one point you're looking for validation, you're, you're mm. putting it out there to, to support people. But if you just rewind back, what was your intention with that post? What was the intention? Was it to get likes or was it to share a message? Mm. Now, if two people got the message and they liked it or commented on it, has that met your intention? Right? Now, if your intention was to get uh, go make it go viral or whatever, then, then, then your message was probably not uh, for everybody. Mm. And the message didn't connect with people. They, they needed, they wanted something else. They scrolled into the phone. You know, it was one of those, those things, right? So mm. it really comes down to what your intention is. Mm. Uh, now, if, if I look back and, and I, and I, and I look at some of the 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 wise Indian spiritual, you know, I don't call them gurus because I don't think they consider themselves to be gurus, but but the the thought leaders in spirituality, let's call them that. Yeah, yeah. You know, is this like, hey, I've done it. Did you feel good about it? Great. Let it go. Don't be attached to the result. Uh, and one day, maybe when you know when something hits, that post will go viral, or maybe not. But it was your intention, your energy that got it out there, um, put in the effort. And, and I think that's what we need to be true to because you know, we all have our own tribes that we connect with. And if you're doing everything for validation and likes, and, and it's important, right? I mean, we all go for interviews and we have to pretend that you know, we're, we're so amazing. And, but reality, you know, we all know we have flaws. We have, you know, we have strengths, yes, but we also have flaws. Um, no one is perfect. Even the CEOs of biggest companies are not perfect. But but there's a projection. There's an image. There's um, there's a persona that that is is trans transmuted through the whole the whole cycle, right? So yeah, it's, it's about again figuring out for yourself what does all this mean, and eventually focusing on your happiness. What makes what bring what is the 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 mindset that gives you joy, but also inspires you to do the work that you do, mm. and not be upset by the rejection or whatever, right? Yeah, or perceived rejection anyway, because it's not really rejection. Yes. You'd be fine. Yeah, you'd be fine, right? <laughs> yeah, and and when you <laughs> encounter difficulty or any of those kind of challenges along the way, what keeps you going? So, is it your purpose, and what and what is that? If you're comfortable sharing, or what keeps you moving forward? You know, uh, I mean, I tell you, I've, I've gone through so many lows in in, in valleys um, that I really sometimes wonder. I, I I was I think I would say I was close to losing faith, but I think what really kept me going was um, just realizing that hey, one day this is all going to be over anyway, mm-hmm. and uh, so just. Don't take it personally. Don't take it seriously. Um, life is cycles. The cycles is up. We, whoever goes up will has to go down. Whoever goes up, whoever goes down has to go up. So that's how life is. And um, really being able to to be okay with with failure, with with failing. You know, it's fine. Uh, I think someone who does this really well is David Goggins, the the guy who wrote. 
never finished and uh, you can't hurt me. You know, he he really, I think, captures it really well by by saying that it's all a mind game. It's all your mind. If you can manage your mind, you're fine. Uh, so you may go through the, the lowest of lows, but if you can somehow keep your, and again, figuring out how you do that is, is, your, is your journey. Uh, what, it, it could be faith, it could be religion, it could be spirituality, it could be chanting, you know, uh, Buddhist chanting 10 hours a day, whatever works, right? Uh, if it keeps you safe, you got to follow that, you know? Uh, so, so that's, that, I think that's what's kept me. It's kept me that, that I think, and it's, and it comes down to habits, the practices, the rituals that you do every day, um, from your meditation or whatever practice that you follow, um, chanting or, or whatever th- thing that just let you surrender and say, you know what, it's going to be okay. And it will be okay because eventually everything becomes fine. Yeah. Right? And what yeah. were some of the, like toughest one lessons because again on this kind of journey there's going to be a lot but they're going to be hard ones some of them yeah i think you know um some of the biggest lessons for me has been you know it's about forgiveness and and this is what if i think if someone can from this podcast whoever listens to this podcast if you can take this one thing away this is what i would would, would say so you know the buddhists talk about compassion right mm-hmm. talk about Compassion and, and the Dalai Lama is the is the is the the brand ambassador for compassion, so to say. Compassion is hard; it's really hard. And, and I think what I found for me is at least the the midway to compassion is forgiveness. So when we forgive others who have hurt us, we have to remember that you know we've also hurt other people. So if we are not forgiven, Right? So, so, so to be forgiven, we need to forgive. It's like a, it's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. If you're not forgiving, you will not be forgiven for what you've done. And um, also forgiving ourselves. We also make mistakes. right? So having the courage to forgive ourselves, that's equally important. So sometimes I find that this the whole notion of forgiveness also pushes us into gratitude. Allows us to be grateful for many things. So, so forgiveness, gratitude are some of the, I think, the essential components of um, of helping us move through the, the daily grind of of um, of life. And then ultimately, when you do it enough, you build that muscle for compassion. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but again, it's a daily habit. It's like working out every day. It's not three times a week, it's every day multiple times a day and and that's the effort required to go through that so i think not these three are times got... a week no <laughs> no not three times a day three times a day three times a day I would three say. times a week uh, yeah uh, and this is what has got me through my my uh darkest moments mm. you know um yeah. because we, we always that's have something to be grateful intuitive. for yeah yeah exactly. i wouldn't have so can I push you a little bit and ask you for yeah. what was it that taught you forgiveness? Because that sounds like it wasn't always for other people. It was for you to forgive yourself as well. Is that true? Yeah. Forgive. I mean, we all make mistakes. So, so mm-hmm. I have to give credit to, to my, um, 
So, so I was, again, like I say, you know, I was very fortunate to have got into pranic healing. It's, it's an energy form of healing. Mm-hmm. And, and I got introduced to them when I was 20, 25, mm-hmm. um, almost 22 years ago. And, and, you know, they have a meditation practice, but they have an energy healing practice and the chakras, et cetera. So one of the things that we learned along this, on, along the classes was forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I think um, being able to really apply uh, and learn and learn forgiveness is is so um, is, is so crucial um, for anyone, uh, especially for me. So I I was lucky that I learned it through a through a school, but but I think this actually unlocked so much for me. It's it's incredible, mm. you know. So when you go home. Yeah. After being on this journey, what's different about you? Who have you become now? For me, I think, you know, it's, I'm still a learner. I'm still on the, on, on the road. Um, I think I've become a, a, a better human being, a, a better, better father, a better husband, a better dog parent. Um, I can see you petting, petting off, uh, off screen, right? Yeah. Um, a better, um, I think a better person. You know, I would say it is, and it, and more, more than that, I think it's given me. I, I've redefined what what success means to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and success for me now is about fulfillment. It's about being fulfilled in your in your daily life. Mm-hmm. Um. So I consciously consciously make an effort to to find fulfillment in my day, and and that could look different on different days. It could be a bike ride, it could be spending time with my kids, going for a walk, it could be making dinner. It, it just depends. There's no fixed agenda. It's not everything every day. Mm-hmm. I think being fluid in the whole process. Um, so so coming back, it allows me to bring who I am into into my life and um and just deal with it you know otherwise i think if i didn't have those tools and that mindset i i think i would i would be challenged um you know but i think it just allows me to show up as a, as a better human being and a more uh kinder human being yeah and that forgiveness is kindness to self too right yes yeah Exactly. What what qualities do you think make people heroes? Yeah, you know, and I was thinking about that. I was thinking, what what makes someone a hero? You know, we think of heroes in, in our mind. You know, I mean, my kids like to watch the Avengers, and you know, uh, I, I mean, he, heroes don't wear capes. But they start with that. Um, I think for me, I look back. Heroes are people who who are kind who who listen who who support you um when times are tough who who give you a hug um who also push you and um and and inspire you to be resilient because life you know um i mean you know we we all again i mean we, some of us get knocked down i mean everyone gets knocked down but how do you bounce back up uh, and then and still show up 
smiling and and happy and and content um so heroes are the ones who inspire you to be to be good and have the courage to to follow your path i would say that's what heroes are to me yeah, yeah. and i like to listen we forget that part rather than tell or heroes having to have all of the answers listening and being open again to learning and developing is often forgotten so i'm glad you picked up on that one too that's a good yeah. one it's important right mm. have you any questions you want to ask me yeah philip i mean i'm i'm, I'm I, I love today i think you know um i think you know I, I didn't i never thought about my journey with so much uh with detail until I think until I went through your questions. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you, you know, as you as you do this podcast, what keeps you, uh, what motivates you to do these so diligently and regularly, um, and and just because it takes time, it takes effort, and and something within you clearly um, inspires. What is that? So. Timely question, because I wasn't diligent or regularly posting this for some time. And I've just this week posted my, so we're, we're in, uh, we're at the start of April right? when this is going to go out in April. Uh, now, uh, the, the last podcast that was, that was published was the one with Sam Shepard. And I... I probably, so again, I'll be really transparent, right? I am still trying to figure out who I am, what my work is and what's important to put out there uh, to represent me. And I've thought, I've thought about this podcast for a long time. So I sat on that Sam Shepard podcast for a little bit too long. We recorded it in middle of December. And what nudged me to post it and get back. And we had this conversation scheduled a couple of weeks as well. Like we talked a couple of weeks ago, what nudged me to do it is again, like you say, if there's one person that listens to this, that says, because of this podcast, I now know I'm not on my own. I'll try again. I lean into discomfort because I know that there's growth. Uh, I'll, tell people that I love that I love them and I'll appreciate people and let them know that I appreciate them. Like simple things like that, Rishab, if I hold back these conversations, I'm doing a disservice to the one person that could have heard it. So the intention is not for me to always be the interviewer on this podcast, right? I just want to like create this enough that it moves away from me and it grows into this thing. I'm comfortable with that. So the intention or the, the, the essence that I think I'm trying to get out is when we write our stories and lean into the journey, I just think we'll actually be kinder to each other because we won't see other people as having something that we don't, we'll be able to separate and cheer them on because we're also doing something meaningful and important to us. 
And I think that's probably, it's probably some of the reason behind it. And I get to talk to cool yeah. people and I get to show them some of the journey that they've been on and help them reflect on that. And I get to uh, spend time learning as well about topics that I, or lives that I don't know about, but that I'm curious to learn more about. And we're all human. And I want to try and get that commonality underneath as well, that we may look different. We may sound different. We may be from different places yes. with different influences, different genetics, different whatever, but we're human. We're having a human experience. This journey is felt by everybody and lived by everybody. That's cool. And I think that it's worth celebrating and uh, talking about. So Philip, you said that, right? I, could, I just noticed that, you know, it, you lit up, you, you, your face lit up, your energy lit up. And, um, and I think when I heard you say that, I think what I'm walking away with is having the courage to share the light and shine the light for other people on the path that I've been on. Um, I think, you know, till, till, till now, I didn't think of it like this, but I think after you just talked about this, uh, I think I'm going to walk away with, with more confidence in, in knowing that, you know what, my journey is, is for me, it doesn't seem that great. And it's been tough, but it can inspire people to, to have the courage to, to really walk and live their path. So that's my big takeaway from today. Yes, love it. Any other questions? Yeah. That was my main underlying question. And uh, unless you want to add something to that, but yeah, it was great. No, no more questions. But thank you for, that's a thoughtful question. And uh, I think you volunteered yourself to interview somebody on the podcast, right? <laughs> um, thank you for taking time really value you. your time and your honesty and your journey and sharing it so openly. Um, and if people want to get in touch, how might they do that to speak to you or to connect with you? Yeah, they can just email me. Uh, I, I'll send you my emails on the link. It's rishab at soulwriteruniversal.com and they can get in touch and happy to, uh, yeah, just chat with them and see how I can support. And if I ever do Amazing. a spiritual journey, they can, they can come with me to India on a spiritual journey. Nice. And we're going to Kanye anyway, right? So yes, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, Rishab. Have a good day. Thank you, Philip. Thank you so much. It's been, 